Hey, Turbo fans, we return triumphant from our brief hiatus in the negative zone. Thanks for sticking with us for episode 10 of the Turbo Comics cast. This episode, we're recapping what books we loved and hated the most in 2020. New additions to the personal collection will be covered, the mystery around Deadpool trading card hype, and much more. So make sure you follow Turbo Comics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for podcast news, epic sales, prize giveaways, and tons more. Thanks again for joining us, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Turbo Podcast, episode number 10. A 2020 recap in February of 2021. Don't judge. Hey guys, I'm Max, your host, and I'm joined by Mutant Liberation front members and Turbo Stalwarts, Zach and Matt. We're super stoked to join you again for episode 10 of the cast. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Nice to hear from you. The Murlocs will rise again. <laughs> <laughs> welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Hi, guys. So who's your Friends. favorite Mutant Liberation front member? Oh my gosh. That's a question I haven't been asked in days, maybe even weeks. <laughs> Days or weeks? What? Yeah. Dude, has anybody come... ever asked you that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. All the time. Uh, gosh. Can you who even name the... a mutant liberation from was... Did... Wasn't there a dude with, with uh, like, four, like, Goro from Mortal Kombat? Like, four, six yeah. arms or something? Well, he had, name? Is... he had six arms and no feet. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I like that guy. <laughs> Isn't Hope Summers a part of that? No. I don't, it wouldn't, I don't think it so. wouldn't. It wouldn't no. surprise Strife? me. Well, yeah, yeah, Strife. Strife also wouldn't file. surprise me. Yeah, Feral. Yeah. You remember Feral, like the Wolfsbane ripoff? Gross. Yeah. <laughs> Wolfsbane and Feral were the same. Oh, no, Feral. Okay, yeah. Ew. Oh, dude, like so many mutant people just like were pissed off by that. Seriously. How, how dare you <laughs> say Wolfsbane and Feral are the same? God hey, dude. Damn. Hey, are we really going to start this Welcome Back podcast by talking about the Mutant Liberation Front? Oh, well, Cause... it's a good, it's a, <laughs> it's a good segue. It's a good segue into something that I wanted to bring up at the top of the cast because we're going to be talking about like news and and hype and and tears and and just random bullshit that's been happening lately. But this is a good kind of pivot point to talk about what in the hell is going on with X Force Number One and these Deadpool card things. Oh Zach. my! I mean, God. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. So, personal experience, I, I've got a whole fat stack of X-Force number one sitting around with a bunch of cards, and one day, randomly, I saw You're rich! You're rich, buddy, you're rich! Yeah, I'm actually recording this from my new house up in the Hamptons right now, so... Straight cash, homie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I sold an X-Force number one with a Deadpool card on eBay for, like, uh, it was 65 bucks. Ended up being 60 after the fees and everything. So... Ooh. Why did it happen? Uh, so there's a few different theories. My favorite one is that uh, the sports card collector types, which, uh, you know, big money thrown around in the sports <laughs> card world, uh, they started to bleed over into comic books. And uh, some entrepreneurial comic book guy listed the X-Force number one Deadpool card as being the quote unquote rookie card. Wow. And shit, homie, that's all it took. And next thing you know, <laughs> that thing's selling for 200 bucks. And Comic fans around the globe are scratching their head wondering what the fuck just happened. And that, well, that was it. And people that don't know, I mean, X-Force number one was, um, you know, an early 90s book put out by Rob Liefeld. And that book, I mean, it, it's got to be like, what, top four it's most selling books of all time behind X-Men number one and Spider-Man number one with McFarlane. X-Force number one is right up there. Yeah. You know, it yeah, sold it's millions. Be. 
millions of copies. So you can find these polybagged in like pretty much every bargain bin known to man. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so do your hunting out there, I suppose. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a book that, that you could buy a month ago for a dollar and nobody would bat an eye at, but now, I mean, there's people seriously selling this. I mean, the, the prices may vary, right? Between 20 bucks, 60 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever. All because of this stupid card. Nobody wants the sunspot card. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, sadness! With Gideon and Shatter's the market cards. was crazy. The, the, it just it just blew up all of a sudden. It was yep. it, it was like just a couple of days and yeah, it literally the, the felt fluctuations like fluctuations. Yeah, the fluctuations were nuts, and the pandemic has caused a lot of increased uh, visibility on all these old nostalgia items. And so people have been, you know, burning cash. Like you said, sports cards, guys, the sports cards industry is up tenfold. Dude, it's fucking like, bananas. It's nuts. Yeah, it's <laughs> crazy. And that's, Dude, that was a dead market forever. Everyone was right. like, oh, God, this has been yeah. RIP forever. But all of a sudden, you know, people got the, it's like they got the bug again. And so, like Zach and Max were saying, it's kind of started yeah. bleeding over. And it was a bizarre twist. And it's kind of, already started to fizzle i mean as we yeah. speak you should it's like your game stonks you need to get in there and get <laughs> get your get yep. get in while the getting's good because if you don't you're gonna miss out and i don't know it's it's just a crazy crazy story that just it's gonna be a weird blip like yeah sure. someone's gonna be real unhappy they spent two hundred dollars for a deadpool card like <laughs> and if, eventually you know eventually I mean, sure yeah but yeah, it's like how, right now, how, maybe. How could you have predicted that that you know this would be the thing though? Like the 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 rookie Deadpool card. Are we? Do you think we're going to see the same type of thing around any other cards, or do you think this is just it? I mean, you're already kind of seeing it a little bit with those uh, with some of the Marvel holograms. I mean, I wouldn't say to the extent of that Deadpool card because that's pretty crazy. Right. But but some of those like the collections, you know, like the full set of the Marvel, uh, I forget what they're called, the Marvel Masterworks. Yeah, yeah. and of the, the Fleer series from like the <laughs> mid nineties, like all that stuff is selling for I mean, I used to see it for like two, three hundred bucks or whatever. Like for I remember set. I remember as a kid, um, I, I traded another dude for for the Venom and uh, Spider Man hologram card, and I think I still have that somewhere. And I saw that that was actually collectible again. And I'm just like, what is happening? Yeah. What is that, what is what is going on? I, I, I honestly, I mean, if you look at collectibles as a whole, like outside of comics, collectible cards, just everything, everything this this past year and a half, kind of coinciding with the the pandemic, just has been shooting up and up and up and up. I don't know if it's the lack of overall new stuff coming out to the masses, but people are starting to invest in nostalgia more than anything, and right. it, it, we've seen that. I know all three of us have seen it with the price of. Your Silver Age key books, your your bronze keys, and God help us, the Golden Age keys, like all mm -hmm. of those have just been just you know hundred to two hundred percent profit over the last year for people to bottom. It's, it's, it's insane. It's 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 yeah. insane. But I knew something was weird when we sold uh, with the card thing. I knew something was weird when when Turbo Comics sold a um a box of the unopened Wolverine Volume One cards. And and for anyone that knows anything about those, the majority of those cards are are you know small little pieces of art that are basically lifted out of the Wolverine Volume One comics, and um and they're garbage, they're total shit. Like they they're like some of the worst cards I've ever seen, and you know we couldn't even give them away half the time, and um 
yeah, boom, gone. Like the card thing is just like exploded. It's yeah. like really tripping me out. Yeah. I think there's still some value if you're out there hunting to, to flip and collect. There's always going to be a demand for nostalgia, but the comic community is kind of like a cat with a laser pointer right now. You know, someone mentions something having any sort of value and then the fear of missing out causes everybody to rush to that oh. single item. Oh, and then yeah. the next week it's going to be something else, you know, and because we have nothing else to do, many yeah. people are still stuck at home. We, we're all working from home with yeah. all these distractions. It's very easy to get caught in that fear of missing out. And so, yeah. you know, uh, turbo fans out there kind of hedge your bets, you know, like they're saying, go through the dollar bins first because there's a ton of this stuff out there, but I still think there is some value, in, especially in more rare cards and the smaller print runs that happened after the nineties are the cards that I think people mm. should be on the lookout for because they have like autograph cards you know, from different artists. Yeah. And some of them even have different art you know, reimagined on the cards for covers that are signed. And so there's a lot of gimmicks and twists to them. And they are much, much lower print run than right. that era of cards. Those, those, I mean, those that's when collectibles were, yeah, that's when collectibles were in like full go mode. And after they still existed, you know, they still made certain amounts of cards, but, you know, instead of doing like 30, sets a year they did too you know yeah. at a quarter of the the print run so i would probably look into those more especially like the chase cards and those might even be out of reach now but before i mean sports cards was the same way you know they they yeah. they shift they shifted the business model and those all have smaller print runs and are harder to grab but i mean it's it's insane the record said, setting numbers you, you said chase cards and it automatically made me feel like i'm about 80 years old so um you mm -hmm. know to, to to give our our closing kind of like thoughts i suppose on on the craziness of deadpool cards and how weird this sort of nostalgic thing is is happening right now but um what were your guys' favorite cards from back then like, did you have like a favorite set, like from the '90s or from back yeah. in the day? I, I guess the closest thing I came to was uh, that series of hologram cards that were put on the X Men comics in the early '90s. It was a Fatal Attraction saga. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> oh, my like that. That was, I was never much of a card guy, but dude, I, I love those things. I, I peeled a full a few of them off of the covers when I had them, and just kept them pulled aside, kind of ruined the books. But whatever, there's still a million of those. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, th those are probably about the only cards I enjoyed. What about you, Matt? Oh man, I love cards, and I've yeah. I've loved them forever. So even even after they've died, I always I, I still speaking of people who fall into the nostalgia trap. I would go and even to this day, I purchase a little bit of sports cards. You still buy cards, to, yeah? I do, and I can't now because they're all gone. It was a, insane. Like if you go if you go to like Target or any of those stores and you go to the cards section, they're gone and they're not in, they're yeah. not coming back. Like the, the entire aisles are completely bamboozled. And Fucking before you, I could wait till they're on clearance. <laughs> you know what I mean? You could wait yeah. till they're on clearance, but now not even, you know, but no, I would buy like a set or two every year of just like normally sports stuff just to get maybe, you know, a little bit of a set or something. And every now and then I would drop it on like a, like you said, like a chase card, you know, drop right. a little money on something that you wanted, you know, 
built wait till and you know it always seemed like a stupid thing to do because <laughs> you're like oh god this is a giant waste of money what are you what are you doing but you know who wants a signed thurman thomas card i was like me yes. um <laughs> i was like i absolutely want that um and now you know they're just outrageous but yeah. I, as far as comic comic book related material yeah, I, what was your fave? I really Marvel masterpieces, all that. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the art was always much, very. It seems sophisticated. I also collected overpower cards, which come on, come back overpower. Um, yeah, that's is, not happening. What no. the hell? <laughs> yeah, that was um, for people who uh, played like Magic: The Gathering. It was oh. uh, it was Marvel's attempt at like um, you know a collectible trading card game, competitive one. We'll save the rules that and everything sucked so yeah. Yeah. we'll, we'll save that fun. for our we'll save that for our episode where we talk about pogs and uh and other things yeah. like that as <laughs> long as we can talk about hero yeah. clicks too god i have so much hero clicks content in my head just waiting to come out oh it's a it, it, it will definitely happen i think my favorite cards from back in the day were um there was two uh, two of them one I, I mean i have to say marvel masterpieces um as well with matt because I, you know, if if for whatever reason, um, the uh, the domino card by Joe Jesco, like just that card alone mm. was, you know, yeah. um, and then, uh, oh yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, dude, we're talking about you know X Force Mutant Liberation Front. We got to stay on theme. Um, and then probably the Jim Lee Volume One X Men cards. I love that. Set. Oh yeah, seriously, I love that yeah, set. Course. You know, because it's all Jim Lee, and obviously everybody was about Jim Lee back then. So I was like crazy about that, but. Um, cool. So, yeah. Yeah. just one one final thing before we move on from this fucking card talk <laughs> is that nothing is safe from these price hikes. Like, I think since last time we recorded, <laughs> like everything, everything has blown up. Like, yeah. Pokemon's <clears throat> insane, and that's something that scares me, and I don't understand it. Why those cards are like fifteen hundred dollars a pop now? Uh, like even like Magic the Gathering, all that stuff, with the exception of Marvel over overpower, everything else is kind of <laughs> value. <laughs> Why is everything I like always the crusty, crummy stuff? God, oh. <laughs> everyone's like every time I mention something, everyone's like, "Oh no, <laughs> here's Matt coming in with some stupid thing." Hey, dude, at least right. it wasn't DC Silver Age keys, so it's something different. Well, that's true. <laughs> that is very, very. Hey, true. we're not got there yet. Give it time. Well, is there anything else going on right now? Is there any other kind of news or hype or weird things that are happening that you guys, you know, think is strange or odd within sort of like the vertical that we're talking about here? Well, we we kind of talked on it uh, before we started recording here, but the uh, what the fuck is going on with DC Comics and who's trying to buy it out and everything? That's something that there's a lot of unconfirmed rumor mm. mill and all this stuff floating around in the aether about what's what's going to happen with DC Comics. Um, I think the most current report we saw was that uh, Robert Kirkman of Walking <clears throat> Dead slash Invincible slash slash Astounding Wolfman fame is looking to uh, <laughs> is looking to purchase DC Comics. 
or the, the rights to publish DC Comics. I'm not exactly sure what, but if something yeah. happened along those lines where DC shifted from Warner Brothers to somebody, you know, I mean, Robert Kirkman is one of the heads over at Image, so it would essentially be Image Comics pulling, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. pulling DC it, over. That's insane. Yeah. That, that, and, we, that would... and we keep hearing like rumors anyway um, that AT&T doesn't want to have anything to do with comic books and they don't care about them and they just care yeah. about like, you know, HBO and, and you know, the, the film, you know, rights of all these characters, but they yeah. don't give a shit about comics. So... Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen with that? I don't know. What a bunch of jerks. Yeah, that's man. a very weird. It's it's a very weird time frame, as we all know how <laughs> news works now, and that sometimes you don't have to worry about anything being even remotely factual. So, listeners, we don't even know if that's true. Yeah, but yeah. major other major outlets have actually reported yeah. that, and also speculated that that it's Robert Kirkman. And DC's had a very rough go. Since basically we started this podcast, I think it's our fault. Oh yeah, I think it is. Yeah, it kind of correlates. Sure, it's my yeah. fault. Well, I mean, it started um, with the it started with the layoffs, and then they killed King Shark, and yeah. and you know, and and, <laughs> and then everything with the hell. <laughs> and then, what are you gonna yeah. do? I mean, uh, and then it was just like that was it. Honestly, if someone did come in and swoop in, especially a creator came in to kind of spearhead the publication portion that would be very nice change of pace than the direction that happens but it's it's so speculative right now and i mean you know it's a bummer how many people have lost their jobs at dc and not just in you know comics i mean everybody's lost jobs everywhere you know this is a huge it's been a huge terrible thing you know we did we didn't even touch upon like them how they left you know, Diamond and went back right, to Diamond right. and maybe not Diamond. Now a whole bunch of other distros. It's everything's didn't, uh, in flux. Didn't talk about the and, failure of DC Universe either. So, yeah. And, you know, it's it's been hard. But DC's gone through rough patches and so has Marvel, even. You know, a lot of it's, it's, we, we sometimes look at the success of comic books and kind of equate that to, what we see in movies and that's not mm. entirely accurate you know that doesn't really translate to you know publications i know dc does very well in trade paperbacks and digital sales oh yeah yeah e- sure. even even better than marvel in some aspects you know mm. and so you can't just always look at like one one instance and things are changing and changing very rapidly due to covid and but i i think i would welcome somebody coming in other than a TNT making decisions on this because, <laughs> you know, I mean, having having a corporation kind of like choose what's happening and choose right. what's going on has been disastrous. And the business models aren't even there. I, I see a lot of people talking about how poorly uh, comic book sales are. Well, again, they don't take in the consideration graphic novel sales no, or digital sales, don't. which no. there's not even, you know, comic comicsology doesn't even release their numbers. So who knows even how well exactly books do digitally, you sure. know, and it's, yeah, I, I don't know, you know, yeah, of course we don't consume it the same way as we did, you know, in the seventies, eighties, nineties. It is sad though, because um, we, I, I can't imagine us having the same discussion about Marvel right now. I can't imagine like, you know, Disney saying, okay, well, we're just going to stop making comics. We're, we're not interested in, in the comic wing of, 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 you know, this property that we own and uh, the publishing wing. 
And we're just well, going to kind of move on from that. Yeah. Like where, where with AT&T, like they've made it kind of known and, and veiled sort of comments that they just well, not so available. Well, yeah, yeah, like they're just kind of like, well, we, you know, fuck comics. I mean, that's because Disney's made, uh, you know, fifty billion estimated in Marvel property. So, I mean, they're going to throw us well, comic fans a bone, and they're just going to let us have our funny books and be happy about it. Well, a- well you know, AT and T has the Snyder cut, though. Oh God, <laughs> they do have that. Coming. How are people excited well, for that? Oh my God, we'll talk about that later. I know. Um, I don't know. You know, there's there's different models though. Like you look at um, Marvel; they don't make kids comics anymore. They they IDW does that for yeah. Marvel. You know, so when you think about you know when you talk about these things, it's not that Marvel's infallible with some of this stuff. You know, it's just that it's not been as weirdly public as DC's disasters. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, so in, in a way, I think you know the big two and have a lot of grinding out trying to navigate this because you know indie comics have done very well you know sure. especially yeah. with trade paperbacks and you know collected edition sales and digital sales and mostly better content to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest you know there's very rarely do you see anything being said about how great one of the big two books are. There's usually some sort of yeah. polarization with it. You know, very, very rarely is that like something that gets, you know, heaps of accolades anymore. And, you know, I, I don't know. I, you'll, we'll probably see a ton of changes coming up. Just, yeah, I think there's, on... I, th- I think there's going to be a ton of changes just with everything. You're, I think you're totally right. And, um, and it's, it's sad. And it's, uh, but it is interesting to see this road that DC has been on. And I think this kind of, um, can kind of transition us into our next topic. You know, it has been, a really freaking hard, you know, year. 2020 was brutal for everybody, including DC Comics, but there were lots of good stuff. There was tons and tons of good stuff in relation to comics, and that's kind of what we want to talk about. It's kind of what we want to, you know, visit. Um, I'm curious about what you guys really liked in 2020, like what you guys really dug and loved. And I know we've talked a little bit about certain things here and there in prior episodes, but mm-hmm. uh, we're all reading like a shitload of stuff. So what did you guys dig? Like what's some of the stuff that you uh, were listening or to or you know or uh, reading or whatever yeah yeah so i mean comic wise there, there's been a few uh that uh, i've come to rely on month to month uh immortal hulk is still i think issue 43 just came out. i think they're gonna wrap up with issue 50 Man. that book has still been just insane just exploring all sorts of weird sides of the marvel universe it's just been a lot of it's been a fun trip um he's probably gonna come up again later but i am gonna mention donny cates <laughs> and his thor run <laughs> <laughs> Not his Venom run, but the Thor run has been pretty fun. It reminds me of Jason Aaron's run from a few years back. He's just exploring mm-hmm. some different concepts. It's, I don't know, it, it makes for a good read. It's a dumb big action book, but it's fun. Um, and then probably my favorite release of 2020 came in the latter half of the year with Department of Truth. Oh, uh, you stole that one from me. Yeah, yeah. We should have planned that out. Better. Got him. <laughs> Got him. Yeah. So I think it's uh, four or five issues in now. And that book is just so <clears throat> fucking insane. I love it. Isn't it good? It's so good, man. Mm-hmm. The, the art's good. The, the writing's fantastic. It's got an opening page shot with the Bronco from the Denver airport, which I just love. <laughs> So uh, there's the the book. If you're not reading Department of Truth, it's number one. I think is starting to spike because there's some speculation around it becoming a TV show or, or whatever. It should be. It should be it, a TV show. It should be, and you should go and get the first issue if you haven't already, or get the trade when it comes out, probably after issue six. 
Um, I, I absolutely love that book. It, it has been, um, I don't know, it's just, it's been a trip to read and there's been points where I've been reading it. Like, I can't believe they actually let this be published as a mainstream comic book. Like not that it's yeah. like grotesque or anything like that, but some of the stuff that they touch on in there, it's just, it's very topical and, uh, it's just very on the nose and it's just, it, um, uh, it just, it was surreal to read this in a comic book. Um, but I was glad I read it. So it, fe- it feels like the perfect mix between like X-Files, Twin Peaks and like nineties vertigo. Seriously for me. At least. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, you know? it, yeah, no, that, that's a great way to describe it, man. It's, it's, that's uh, a good, good selling point. <laughs> fuck, man, it's, it's just so good. It's so good. It, that's, I just, please go read that listeners. If you haven't yet, just give it a shot. No, I, that, that was definitely on my list. It was definitely going to be one of mine. And I, I love that book. And it's one that I'm, you know, it, it's nice to get excited about a book like that, you know, quite yeah. frankly. But, uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I, I like that. Um, uh, James Tinian, I love that. I, that's probably the favorite book he's writing, which I'm sure we'll talk about it again uh, with our least favorite stuff. But his other book, it just doesn't really do it for me as much as Department of Truth does. Yeah. It's, it's just such a, such well, a the, book. the art is great too. Like, I think it's Martin Simmons. Is that his name? Um, uh, but... Simmons, Simmons, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, it's, it's fantastic. It's really, really good. I mean, yep. definitely go get it. What about you, Matt? What are you liking? What are you digging? So probably my favorite DC book is going to sound real fanboyish here. And I think it's, it's going to mm-hmm. sound insane to say underrated, but Green Lantern with oh, yeah. uh, Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp is really good. It's been self-contained. It's it has <laughs> amazing themes, amazing art. And it's been so weird. It's vintage grant morrison and it's really flew under the radar you don't really hear anybody talking about it which is strange especially with grant morrison leaving dc after this year so he's you know he's going to be doing just creator own stuff which is sort of huge news in itself too but no one talks about that either so it's been kind of a a strange fly under the radar book and if you're not picking up um green lantern I, i really really recommend it and on the marvel side um it sounds like we honestly it sounds like we plug immortal hulk all the time um and i'm not <laughs> gonna true. do that i love yeah. i love that immortal hulk book but another one you should probably check out is um the latest daredevil which is uh, really chip. really oh. yeah it's been a vintage daredevil and it's you know daredevil's been like bread and butter for writers over at marvel in my opinion you know it's never been it has a huge huge yeah. book but it's never really gone completely down the toilet in my opinion you know why do you why do you think that is like why do you think that there's been so many writers that have had so much success on on that particular book i honestly i think the oversight the editorial oversight's not super heavy you know there's you get like when was the last time there was a really big daredevil event shadowland like i can't think of you know and so they're not forcing daredevil he doesn't have he's not He's a major character, but he's not. He's not out there on like mer- as much merchandise as like Spider Man, or you know. There's not. I, I don't think there's the pressure to sell Daredevil books in a certain way in a certain amount of numbers like other sure. yeah. list characters. And so yeah. when a writer gets to hop on it, you know, and he's also I think just his backstory and there's been a lot of you know he's been really fleshed out, and I think. <laughs> I, I think each writer kind of hops on there and is it's almost like they get like a breath of fresh air when they hop I, on daredevil. Yeah. yeah. And, and co- coincide with what you're saying about the lack of editorial oversight. They just, I, it feels like when people write that they have more freedom to, to do 
basically whatever the fuck they want to do to Matt Murdock. So, I mean, most people tend to kill a girlfriend or kill some sort of female associate that's close to them. But, like, take the, the Kevin Smith run, which I know is, like, hit or miss for a lot of people. But, I mean, spoilers. You had Mysterio basically putting Matt through all this Catholic hell, and then Mysterio shoots himself because he has cancer. Like, are you going to get away with that in Spider-Man? No. Probably like, not. No. You, can, you can do shit in Daredevil that's a little more... I mean, it's, it's darker. It's just... it's. Uh, just heavier themes. You can get away with that in that book. And I think a lot of writers just pounce on that because, you know, you're not going to get away with that in Spider-Man Avengers, Fantastic Four, really. I mean, that that's your opportunity to do your brooding stuff as it were. Yeah. 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 And it's, it's always consistent. So if you're not, it's almost like I could say, you know, basically you can pick up any daredevil run and really enjoy it all the way through the years. And as far as like other books, um, the Kent State book, Four Dead in Ohio, was really, really good. Oh, I need if to read that. If you're looking for something kind of depressing, it's it's yeah. it's a, a strange, almost comic book uh, foray into journalism, and it's 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 wonderfully written, drawn, very very informative. <laughs> um, it's uh, you know it's about the Kent State tragedy, and so you kind of have to. It might not be put you in the best mood since it's been kind of a downer of a year, but you know, who, who cares, but it's really good. But my favorite book of the year has been probably Dracula motherfucker. Oh um, yes. That was on my list too. Yeah. It's so insane. The, the <laughs> art from the art to the writing, it's wonderful exploitation. If you like any sort of vibrant grindhouse vibe, <laughs> it's wonderful. And it's, you know, it's a really easy read, easy pickup, self-contained. Yeah. You're not going to come in with like, a, you know, a ton of baggage from other books or even other Dracula adaptations. You could, I mean, most people have a passing familiarity with Dracula, and I mean, you don't even really need that. But it's it's awesome, and the art in it uh, is insane. Erica Henderson's art, I. Mm-hmm. When I when I first cracked it open, I you know the art is what drew me to picking up the book, and the reviews were great for it. And then I I got it, and um, funny enough, I got that with my giant Eternals book. That's awesome. <laughs> which uh, you know I got the Eternals omnibus that I got the artist edition, so it's about the size of a dresser. Um, <laughs> when I it was the same price as the other one. I just thought it was a different cover. When it landed at the house, I was like. Uh, needed like a forklift to get it out, but inside <laughs> there was Dracula, motherfucker. Those are the two things I ordered, and it was. It's just, it's an incredible, incredible book. Like, it's again, if you like any sort of like exploitation, like seventies, early eighties, you know, horror. Um, it's awesome, and just the way it, you know, just the way it's constructed is very cool and very psychedelic. I remember seeing it on the shelf and I was just like, um, at first the art kind of attracted me. That's what caught my eye first. And then when I saw the title of the book, I immediately read that title in like Samuel Jackson's like voice in my head and, uh, yeah. Dracula motherfucker. And so I was like, okay, I got to buy this. And, uh, it's, that was that your Samuel, Samuel Jackson? Jackson? That was mine. Yeah. That, that, <laughs> it was, it was really bad. There's, <laughs> that was amazing. The, 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 I thought he was snakes. in the room with us. The snakes on this plane have taken over, but um, 
Yeah. Uh, no, those are, those are great picks. You guys took like two of my top picks, and so I'm kind of like screwed now. But um, I guess this is why we should talk about this before we record. But hey, um, shoot from the hip, man. Yeah, it's the best shoot way to do this shoot from the hip. I I think um you know I I'm gonna give a shout out to a company that um I've been wanting to kind of shout out for a while, and and they've been releasing books in 2020 as well that I've really enjoyed. And um they're a company called I think I'm pronouncing this correctly called uh Eben Press or Iben Press. Um, and I wanted to give a shout out to this company oh, for a while. Books. Yeah, yeah. And 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 really, you know, these guys are producing some of the best horror comics in the entire industry. And um, you know, we're all pretty massive horror fans. And um, uh, but I was attracted to these books because they're just freaking sick. Um, I mean, now you'll really love these books if you're like a fan of um Lucio Fulci, um, you know, things like that. You know, they've adapted some of his classic works like Zombie. Gates of Hell, mm-hmm. House by the Cemetery, those types of things, and 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 they've basically you know put these in comics form. But you know they've been putting out other things too. This uh, last last year, like the Maniac books, which build upon the um, the classic nineteen eighties horse slasher. Really the like same name, one. yeah. And and what's cool about them, and 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 I know you appreciate this, Matt, is that these aren't just straight adaptations of the film. So if you're thinking, ah, oh, why am I going to buy that? I've seen the freaking movie. This is like more of like a um, what they're doing is more of like a graphic sort of reimagining of these horror classics. So it's not just straight up like carbon copy of what happens in the films at all. You know, well, uh, in the zombie one, do they at least have the shark versus zombie scene? <laughs> no, spo- <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess spoilers for a 45 year old movie. All right. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the but really, are, I mean, brutal. They are. They they're are so and, brutal. And they're so much fun because, and I think that um, they really take those properties. So if you're a horror fan and you love those properties already, they're, they're taking those and they're like just taking them to the next level with some seriously like, killer artwork. Um, you can really tell that the guys behind this company are like passionate about horror and the properties they're working on and, and passionate about bringing like the best product to their readers. Um, one of the cool things that I really like is that the books are... Um, they're they're so well printed and some of them actually come with like art sleeves um which is really freaking badass like the art sleeves are like you know they have different kinds of art like on the actual sleeve that you can like put the book in and sometimes the books Mm -hmm. will come with limited prints or posters and tons of other cool things autographs yeah yeah so i really can't recommend these guys enough definitely check them out on their website i've been press or even press um super super cool um i've yeah, I really enjoyed the link that guy's really nice too he's um he runs a facebook page that if you hop in he's really active when they post releases and whatnot and he does really good fan interaction too i can't remember yeah. his name but post post a link to the site like when <clears throat> post this because it's it's they are really really good they're horror fans they're almost a must and yeah yeah i mean especially if you're a fan of older grindhouse you know or 70s exploitation they're really really cool and i mean it was it, it was uh it was brutal on the wallet because when i first discovered them i was just like same. i was just yeah. like oh i want this oh i want this and i was like fuck it i'm buying it all and it was just, yeah 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 it's like a 300 drop when you and you're like wait how did this happen <laughs> yeah when you're like i'll get one of everything please that's what it was yeah. like uh yeah, definitely yeah, wanted totally. to give I, those guys some love. So definitely check those guys out. Um, you know, I was going to say Department of Truth. Awesome book. Sorry. Gotta check that out. No. Got to check out Green Lantern as well. That's another great book. Um, I had some honorable mentions. I mean, I, I know it's a lot of people have kind of been on the fence about this book. I've loved it personally, but I've really loved Strange Adventures. Um, that's been a great book. 
And uh, I don't know. There's been a shift to where everybody wanted to take a dump on Tom King. Like, I oh think yeah, because of his, oh, yeah. like, I think because of his um, foobar with um, uh, that he had on Twitter not right. that long ago. Uh, you know, but it, uh, there's been kind of like because pe- people really disliked his Batman run, which I didn't understand really why. I, I never learned. understood I that either. Quite a bit. Yeah, it was good, and 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 I've liked Strange Adventures. I think people don't like it because it's like it kind of is depressing in a way, and I I enjoy that for some reason. But that was all. That was one of my honorable mentions. Um, a couple others were like uh, it was impossible not to really kind of dig um, Superman smashes the clan. That was really fun. I thought. Oh yeah, that was cool. Um, that was fun. Um, I know the Lantern fan will appreciate Far Sector. That was it's been one of my faves. Yes. Um, yes. You know. Well, because you said the, the cool thing you said about Grant, uh, you know, Green Lantern with Morrison is that it was self-contained, and that's how I feel about Far Sector as well. It's happening mm-hmm. like she's a, she's a lantern, but it feels like totally self-contained, and it almost feels like a space war, and that's actually badass. Um, Philadelphia is one I have been really enjoying. Um, Once in Future, yeah. um, and then you know I didn't understand why DC axed this at all, but the the actual new Hellblazer was really good. It was actually really good, and I was yeah. like, "Wow, this is yeah. like this is this feels like the old like Vertigo Hellblazer." And then it was like done. Yeah, it's you know? DC for you, man. Yeah, it was like God damn it. Um, and then obviously all things under the Mignola umbrella, yeah, all that stuff was great out there. So um, it was a good 2020 yeah. for comics, like you know, quite frankly. But um, there was a lot of things that uh, that didn't go so well or that kind of sucked or maybe we just even freaking hated in comics and like comic related media in 2020 yeah um what were some of those things what did you do what did you freaking loathe zach what did what (sighs) made what what made you like sit in the dark and just break this podcast can only be so long zach yeah (laughs) no i'm gonna i'm gonna try to try to keep it uh keep it short here so I, I guess the without diving into too much of the speculation side of things, I will say the hoopla over Star Wars comics just hurt my fucking uh, head. Like I like Star we, Wars. We have to end. We have to end the cast now. We're done. So yeah, wrap it up. It's <laughs> over. Another, another three month hiatus. <laughs> so here's the thing: Star Wars comics, cool. Got it. Like I, you know, I'm sure they're good, but. Uh, the first appearance of Ahsoka to know is like $2,000 in a nine, eight. Why? Like what? Like I just, I don't get that. I don't get like the hype up of, of all these books, like being super expensive. I get it just ties into the whole collectibles thing, but people specking on star Wars books left and right. It just, I, it, it just, I had no interest in any of that. Like I just, I prefer my star Wars to be digested, <laughs> either reading it or on the screen, <laughs> but reading it not with pictures. I know I'm being particular here, but I can do that. So whenever you don't uh, like that, you don't like the star Wars funny books. No, I don't. Yeah. I just don't, I don't, I just don't get why like some random book, like the third appearance of Bosk would shoot up like to $70. <laughs> you know, why the fuck is this going up? It, 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 it's all speculation driven. I get it. But at the same time, like it's just not something I want to even dip any part of my body in. Well, Tano um, is such a huge character. Though. Well, I mean, she's so sure, popular. Sure, sure. Yeah, but like $3,000, you know what you can get for $3,000? You can get like some actual like quality Silver Age shit. You know, you like buy you a can, Ford you, Taurus. You can get a nice <laughs> yeah, Ford Taurus. A, <laughs> I got a Scion TC. Oh, oh my God. Come on down. Yeah. No, so I, I mean, I get it. Sure. Yeah, popular character, people pay whatever. I mean, do your thing. But I just have no interest in any of that. It just it, it blows my mind that people are willing to blow that over Star Wars secondary and tertiary characters. Um, 
I know. I know. Spicy. Point of contention. All right. Whatever. Spicy, spicy, well, spicy. It's, it's more like I think he's just talking about like the spec of it all, like the right. And I, I mean, there has been a bit of some of those have been undervalued for a long time. You know, for a long time. Like mm-hmm. you know, the first appearance of Boba Fett is incredibly expensive now, but that was also. You know, I think that was a long time coming that sure, market sure. correction. But I think yeah. there was a big overcorrection into yeah. some of the more modern books, and you know, and there's a weird Star Wars stuff has been hard, especially if you're trying to collect or you know, even just read. Because once Marvel had the acquisition, or excuse me, Disney had the acquisition of of Marvel, um, you know, that all these properties, like all, all the Star Wars properties all that stuff is not canon anymore. So right, right. for for a minute there, I don't think anybody was touching Star Wars books. No I one mean, cared. Could, no no one cared yeah. about those Dark Horse books. Correct. No, no. those were in bargain those were in back issue bins a shitload, yeah. Yeah. you know, yeah. because who knows if they're even using those characters. You don't I mean, you don't even know. It's what's canon, what's happening in books, you know, the the it was very hard to follow, but I think the overcorrection that happened with what Zach's mentioning and the fact that it filled up months of online chatter, talk Mm -hmm. amongst collectors, you know, everything was like, you know, grab the Ahsoka Tana book, grab Rogue Squadron number one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You know, first appearance of Thrawn, all of that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the Canon books and I mean, well, all that stuff I think was, do to have its day the the corrections are huge and i don't know you know but star wars is a huge property too and with tons of fans so but it's just more like it was kind of like an overload if you look at the if you look at the timing when most of the shit started blowing up it was late last year when the mandalorian was the only (laughs) thing people had to look forward to and Mm -hmm. so like your thrawn first appearance and all that shit like people were specking hard on what was going to come up in the mandalorian and if i'm being honest here it's not too different from what's happening with the wandavision craze right now Mm -hmm. with every character even tangentially associated with wandavision like the avengers i think is 186 the first the first cathone nobody gives (laughs) a fuck about that book why is it 40 dollars right now it's because it maybe might be kind of sort of connected to the show that everybody and their mom watches Sure. So, I mean, I get it. I just don't care. Yeah, like when when you have people like Comic Tom and folks that are specking on like Micronauts eight and stuff like that because of one division. No. And oh, dude, you know, that, yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, perfect segue by the way. So that brings me yeah. to the other thing I don't like about this here. <laughs> so I mentioned I, I like Donny Cates' Thor. However, Donny Cates' Venom, uh, I'm over with. I'm done. Fucking wrap it up, pack it up send it on to the next author. Like I've, I've had my fill with that, man. It, it's just like wrapping it up. I think it's on issue four now of King in black. Like <clears throat> I'm just over 1000. It feels like it. Like <laughs> I'm over 1000. Do you have uh, do, do you have null fatigue? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I am so over <laughs> this fucking character. I didn't know existed until last year. Like it's just, it's supposedly this big baddie of the Marvel verse. Like we've seen this a thousand times. Something will happen. Some deus ex machina probably spoilers uh captain universe from what it's looking like is going to come through and defeat Null and all the and, and then he'll go off and nobody will care about him again like who gives a shit kate's <laughs> is going to go on well, right on or whatever like so i'm just yeah, so this is... yeah i'm just tired like just wrap it up it's it's done 
the the cool factor is over. The symbiotes to me are just so played out at this point. Like give them a fucking rest for a few years. <laughs> yeah. The here we go. Here's here's my turn. Give me the gavel. Uh, the here here the my uh, my stuff I just liked is almost all Donny Gates of last year. Um, you talk about spec fatigue. I know you really like Thor and my uh, dislike of the Thor character is well known. Yeah. Um, as I'm trying to put that real nice. Uh, so there's a, there's a Thor, ab- there's a Thor bias there. Yeah. There's a little bit Thor biased here. Cause I think that completely sucked. And I mean, I think all the Donnie Kate stuff has all been like a lot of bluster. It's all been a lot of hype and hoopla. And, you know, I think many of the problems that we have with comic books, when we talked about earlier, even like with how they do these events and everything, the Marvel method of events where every single title, every single book Marvel was a King and black tie in. Mm-hmm. How can anybody afford this how it's not possible like unless you have such crazy disposable income during a time when so many people don't have jobs even like yeah how oh can you have it's no one can go and pick up a book right now you know a marvel book and they're like but why is nobody buying books why because you can't read it dude and i think you know all these things with donny cates are like this where it's like yeah here's this big hype 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 fizzle hype 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 fizzle and well, I, I appreciate some of the stuff he did with Venom, especially fleshing out that character's yeah. backstory, giving it sure. something, you know, and it's going to go down as like an iconic run. I think the King in Black is a very uh, sad way that the whole legacy of that book and what they did with that character, because I just don't, I think the majority of people I know don't care. They can't keep up. Like, you're, yeah. you're, they're going to hope for yeah. a trade paperback. You know, I mean, but that's even the only, then, that's it's the only so way. confusing. It's the only way to read all of it, really. I mean, yeah. I, I, I think I'm kind of probably the one that's on the edge of this opinion because I don't hate the Donnie Kate stuff. I, I actually don't mind the Thor stuff. I actually enjoyed that. But um and I and what's sad about the Venom or, or King of Black is that I actually, you know, liked the Carnage stuff, you know, that he worked on. And so I, I was kind of like, you know. I was shocked that I actually enjoyed that. I liked Absolute uh, Carnage as well. Right. I liked yeah, that. I, like, yeah. I, 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 I really, I re- yeah, I really thought that I would not like it. And I actually really ended up digging it a lot. And, um, and so I was kind of like, okay, well, King and Black might be kind of fun, but you're right. There's a fatigue there big time. And there is. It, it's just too much. It's like, come on. And, and it yeah. is the, the hype machine is just too much as well. Yeah. And, and it's just at the end of the day, I think comic fans, God help me for saying this, are smart enough to know that the status quo is not like there'll be some shakeups, but like right. everything's going to be fine <laughs> in the Marvel verse after Null and his dragons are vanquished by whatever entity comes in to save the day. It's like at the end of the day, what what changes? Like <laughs> nothing really changes. Like so, well, I just that's also the problem with books too. Right, it, it like is. The, you know, people can't. It, they're just so difficult for the people to read, and without any sort of real stakes, what's the point? Why would you? Right. Why would so, you purchase five hundred dollars worth of Marvel books a month? It, like, yeah, right. you, like you know, yeah. just nobody to yeah. figure out who. Th- 
nobody gives a shit about what's going on in Atlantis during the King and Black. Like, unless I mean, <laughs> I, I love Kurt Busiek and he's writing that tie-in, but like, I wouldn't have read it if not for him. So I guess right. I care. I kind of answer my own question there. But did it, did it feel? <laughs> did it feel like? Um, did it feel like? this whole hype and this whole like um, engine to promote in King and black in, in some ways was, um, you know, Marvel trying to be a little edgy in some ways. I, I think it's honestly like Kate's definitely had the hot hand and his right. books sold well. I mean, so I think, and I think we even discussed it before is that he was going to get the next big Marvel crossover, big Marvel sure, event. Sure. That yeah. was, I mean, it's all been leading to him getting that, you know, and yeah. I, and while I think he has great ideas, you know, I just don't think the sales of books anymore warrant these sort of crossover events that are sure company wide. It's just too much for people. It's too hard, even on traditional comic book fans, people who have the money. I mean, Again, to to buy every single Marvel title, you know, they used to call them Marvel zombies, you know, and that was mm-hmm. like, and it was the Marvel method. And, but it, I don't think it works as well anymore, you know, yeah. because I don't know a single person who's stoked about the King in Black. Everybody, and even people <clears throat> that are, are still lukewarm at best. Where that's like, how I, that's how yeah, I, am, you know, that's how I'm I've getting been, there, been like, you know? yeah, it's 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 been something that's been so overhyped. And for me, the reason why I said edgy is because it's felt like they're trying to, you know, uh, sort of like push an edgy kind of envelope the entire time. And it, it feels like, I guess, more pomp and circumstance rather than substance. And so in that way, it kind of mirrors one of the things that I'm most disappointed in. And oh, wait, I wasn't I wasn't done. That was only point oh. two. Oh, that was only point two. Oh, OK, yeah. Well, uh, OK, well, so just, oh. and also real quick to put a nice bow on this. This quasi Donny Cates hate package that we're throwing out here. Crossover time. Crossover. Crossover. Yeah. So crossover. I don't know what the fuck I was expecting with that book. I thought I was expecting like some actual major crossover. Like it's cool to see Madman, Mike Allred's Madman, like show up in a different book. But like it, it was a little bit underwhelming. So like I, you know, whatever. Maybe it'll pan. It's a total hype machine, man. So I, you know, maybe it'll turn out to be one of the best books I've read, but I think we're three or four issues in and it's just, it's right there on the getting dropped from my pull list. Cause it's just not, it's just not doing anything for me. It's just really underwhelming so far. Um, yeah. So that I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. But I mean, I, I'm still optimistic. It's a good enough premise. It's, it's cool seeing the stuff that they're doing in there, but it's just been a little underwhelming thus far. So once you see the concrete and bedrock crossover, that, oh, then you're, you're back on board. You're back hey, on dude, board. Hey, dude, you throw concrete into anything, I'm there, man. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I hope we can talk more about concrete later on. <laughs> Anyways, that, 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 was, that was all my hate stuff. I was going to go into a diatribe about uh, how uh, underwhelming something is killing the children is and how overhyped it is. But uh, wow. I know it's a spicy take. Uh, this is. is a spicy cast. Yeah, this is a it know, is. be warned. We'll just, I guess we'll just we'll just save it for next time. I'll yeah, just I'll is... just say like you know something's killing children. If you enjoy it, great. It's just not my cup of tea. So. Yeah, that's spicy. That is <laughs> <Great>. very spicy. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not. I've already hated on enough stuff today. I'm trying to keep it keep it nice for the rest of the podcast. Well, since what, you what hated you, on Max? so much, like I, I, well, I mean, 
again that whole edgy like kind of like oh, oh this dude, is so, so edgy. this is so badass it's so, so it, it, it felt like i was living the 90s again and and i think the the main thing that um that i guess disappointed me and it disappointed me because i i really liked the first segment of this was um dark knight's death metal because uh <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> oh, i got to grab drink real quick uh. <laughs> Well, and this is because I mean, I I actually like loved the original metal. Like, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was really fun, um, and I bought into the whole like hype stupidly that this would be like kind of like the anti crisis that Snyder promised. And and really, it's just um, it's just too fucking much. Like, really, it's it's a clusterfuck of like late stage DC rebirth continuity, and they kind of jumped the shark a bit with it. I mean, oh, it's it just like feels fan fiction. Oh, dude, it, yeah. it, it feels it feels like overly ambitious, like all these ideas that they threw against the wall, but then none of them really stick. And and again, super edgy to the point of irony. And it just doesn't have the sort of, um, I guess, the same free flowing kind of like Elseworlds like fun that the original metal had. So that was like one of my biggest disappointments, I think, in, in 2020, that, because I do like the original. That was tough to read, tough yeah. to read, like and pick up. It was, you know, and. And this kind of goes into the same thing that was happening, what we talk about with Kate's in these events, is that it's just almost too much. And then you get, you know, it's like, new character, hype, you know, right. new this, hype, <laughs> you know. And so you have people speculating on it. You have people just trying to read a friggin' story. And yep. you can't, there's, it, cutting through the bullshit, you know, you need, it, it was tough. And it was so poorly written. You know, right. uh, it was like you said, poorly constructed. It it, it was definitely I, a terrible, terrible sequel. I did the like the which... Batman who frags, if that's a thing. Like it probably will <laughs> well, never be a thing again. Fun about it. There's yeah, there was fun in it. You know, yeah. even all these things. There's a, there's a little. You know, we are we're comic book fans, so there's something. But it's it's another thing where you're just investing into the financial aspect, the emotional aspect, and you know, you uh, these events are supposed to draw in readers and kind of reward readers, but it it doesn't do anything for new readers. It doesn't do anything for people who have been fans. You know, neither of these events, mm -hmm. these huge company wide crossover things like this are. <clears throat> I mean, they've been bad for a few years, and mm -hmm. they've you know, and but they keep drilling down on it, and they wonder why. They're like, how could this be so? How could we be doing so poor? And I'm like, did you read? <laughs> did you read what you yeah, wrote yeah. because right it was you know like you said it was near nonsensical uh, you know and to have like the a-list talent on it and it, it, it hurts you know you're you, you talked about the jim lee love you know and yeah. you talk about the i mean the talent on this on all these books should be they're the biggest they're supposed to be the brightest and this is what they're giving yeah. you and you just you can't even muster to get past like the third issue because you're yeah. like why What's the, the financial, you know, drain, emotional drain? I want to put both you guys on the spot right now because admittedly you're both currently more like DC homers than I am. Since since Infinite Crisis came out circa 2000, I think it was uh, five, how many times has DC reset their continuity? Oh, Jesus. Every year. Yeah, it, no. Has it literally been every... Like, no. I, think, I think you're joking, but that sounds right. <laughs> no, it's... It, it feels that way. No, it I does. mean, at it, least, at least, well, tw I mean, obviously, New Fifty Two and then Rebirth. So there's two. So well, wasn't Final Crisis? Well, did Final Crisis reboot? I don't remember. Not really. Final Crisis re. It didn't reboot it necessarily, but close. Um, yeah. 
underrated, by the way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dark side and blue jeans. Oh, yeah. super we'll, be, we'll, we'll be we'll be talking about that during our crisis only episode. Crisis. So. Yeah, oh, crisis God. on infinite crises. Um, <laughs> oh, no. The crisis after crisis. Oh, no. Stop it! You stop it! You stop it right now! No, we can't do that. <laughs> you, you, stop it! Um, no, I mean, you know, there's. I think I think the hard part about all these, you know, and what these companies are doing, the big two mainly, is they keep throwing shit out there and hoping things stick. And it's mm-hmm. crazy, you know, and how how they keep doing this. Like, if you want to reboot, reboot. Reboot it. Don't do the soft reboot like DC did, you know, where they're like, oh, well, Green Lantern still is like the same, but everything else. I'm like, yeah. why? Like yeah, what's Green the Lantern's point? The same, you know, but Green Green Arrow is totally different, and uh, all these other characters are totally different. Yeah. yeah, what's the point? Like just <clears throat> just do a hard reboot. Not, you know, they keep doing soft reboots because they keep like, well, the sales on this are good, so we need to keep it. You know, it's like I don't know. There, uh, you can yeah. see you can see the disconnect between older fan base, younger fan base, where sales are at, and how sales are working, but. You know, even Marvel has this problem. You know, they create all these great brand new characters that people want to read, want to read about. Younger fans want to have something to read, but there's literally like nothing or nothing even remotely worth purchasing. You take a character like, um, not to just pivot from DC here, sounds like I'm trying to, um, trying to, trying to pivot, but, uh, Mm -hmm. you take a character like America Chavez, right? This character is going to appear in, the second Doctor Strange movie coming up, a very well-received character that people want more content for, and there's nothing. And none of it's any good. That you're just trying to made. drive up those spec books. That's all you're doing right now. Is I, you're just well, <laughs> those books are already drove up. Like, yeah, if you're true. trying to drive that, that that's Vengeance number three, <laughs> man. No thanks. Yeah. Well, got, side note, but, uh, side note to something that I actually hated as well. Um, you know, before we move on, Wonder Woman eighty four was total trash. So moving on, um, yeah. <laughs> comics and media oh, in twenty twenty. Yeah. What are you guys looking forward to? Like, what do you want to happen? What do you want to read in twenty twenty? It can be like media, it can be comics, it can be books. Twenty twenty one, you mean? Yeah, twenty twenty one. I'm Did sorry. You, what year is it? Twenty. Okay, twenty twenty one. Yeah, okay. One of those years. How many yeah. days have I been in my house? <laughs> <laughs> So, so as far as stuff, let's see, the day that we're recording this, uh, I think there's three or so episodes left of WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, after the first two, I was kind of skeptical. I was like, eh, okay, whatever they're, they're doing this year. I know, like, I know, Max, you haven't seen any of them, Matt. I don't know what episode you've seen up to, but what they did the last couple weeks has really, like, just flipped my script about what they're doing with the show. It's just, it's actually really awesome. And it's it's involving like potential multiverses, reality manipulation. Like there's just all sorts of little clues, Easter eggs. There's like little commercials for shit like Baron or uh, was it Von Strucker's? I I don't know some makeup. I don't know. It had Von Strucker's last name in it. Uh, Hydra, all like all these other references. The Monica Rambo character has been introduced and it's been introduced in a really good way jimmy woo's in there like there's uh i'm just i'm really high on wandavision right now i I really just like honestly can't wait for the next episode and see how it wraps up and that's leaving me hopeful for the rest of this whole disney plus marvel Mm -hmm. universe uh stuff that's coming out because we've got uh i think next up is the winter soldier and falcon 
and then uh, I'm not sure what is after that. But we at least with the rest of this series and the next series, pretty hyped for that stuff. Uh, it's just it's a good continuation. Yeah. What's that? Oh no, no, I said I was agreeing with you. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. You know, one division's brilliant, and it really it, is. It, it's it's something that's been kind of lacking. I think you know, especially with the you know with lockdowns and being shut in. You know, new content's been kind of dry, and everybody kind of forgot how to watch really great TV, especially one weekly. You know, mm. I haven't been hyped to watch a show every week like One Division probably since Game of Thrones. You know, since uh, well, a show like that where I'm like, I've been one Game to of Thrones see what's season, happened. Game of Thrones season one through four, right? Well, I mean, no, I still wanted to see Game of Thrones every week until oh the last my... until the last season where oh you're like, God. please make it stop. stop. Yeah, stop. The pain. But, you know, you know, but one division and even the Mandalorian, you know, those, yeah. both of those have been coming out, you know, because we got kind of spoiled because Netflix would dump everything at once. So everybody's like, I yeah. want to binge it, you know, but I think there is, you know, <clears throat> truly every week being able to digest what you've seen. And it's so well written, so well acted. It's yeah, it's above no, just it's, about anything else that's coming out on TV. Which, yeah, you know, it, and, it it really is, man. And I know Matt, you haven't seen the last episode, but it's really starting to set into motion, like how it's. I think there's three episodes left. Uh, how things are going to wrap up and hopefully set up. And uh, you know, I'm not. You guys may not know this about me, but I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan of Brian Michael Bendis. However, really? I didn't know. really. I didn't know. I know this cast was set ten years ago, guys. This would be the you would hear this every week on every book. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, we won't. We won't talk about all all that. But <laughs> what, we won't talk about what he's done to me. That's a that's a dark dark path we can we can go down. But I'm, I prefer not to. Um, at any rate, um, but I'm, I'm really hoping that this ties in because there, there's been some clues in this show tying into the Fox. Uh, X-Men universe and uh, I just really hope at the end of this we see uh, Magneto coming down from the X-Men mm-hmm. universe uh, and get doing the whole classic thing from Avengers Assembled like telling the Avengers like give me my daughter and then he whisks Wanda away because she's had a mental breakdown and all this stuff like just, just something along those lines I, I mean it's pure speculation on my part but ending with either the reveal of the X-Men starting to infiltrate the Marvel Cinematic Universe or that there was a big baddie that's not fucking Cthone, nobody cares about, like <laughs> a, a Mephisto or some other. I, I mean, God, even Master Pandemonium, I would take that too over Cthone. Uh, <laughs> s- somebody, somebody pulling the strings from behind the scenes. Like this show is just, uh, I think this is going to be the, the peak in getting people interested in for like the upcoming TV shows, the whole like Doctor Strange multiverse movie, the Spider Man movie, which has like, I mean, I don't know if this has been confirmed yet, but it's got all the old Spider-Man's cast in there. The, you know, Tobey Maguire, the other guy. Um, what was the other guy. The other guy. Garfield. Andrew Garfield. Garfield, Andrew Garfield. Yeah. That's the name. Yeah. 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 So it's just, it It just seems like it's really setting up a lot of good things. It's making me excited <laughs> again, which is something I've really missed in the past year and a half of my life, which is actually like enjoying something. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you guys? I mean, is there any comics? Is there any comics that you guys are looking forward to? Any books? Oh, oh yeah, Swamp Thing coming back. Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh, and right now I believe next month, 
March um, is when, at the time of this recording, is mm-hmm. uh, Swamp Thing's going to come back. And it's been a long time since there's been a monthly Swamp Thing book. New um, 52. And everybody new knows. 52. Yeah, and everybody knows that I'm a really big dork for Swamp Thing, so I love me some Swampy and having True. you know him come back. And the the creative team is really cool. The writer, at least, is Ram V or Ram Five. I don't know how you say it, but he did like some mm-hmm. of Justice League Dark and Catwoman, um, <clears throat> which are a couple underrated books, especially the the ones that he wrote on. Um, he is a he great writer. Invented. Yeah, and so a monthly Swamp Thing book, you know, probably terrible sales. Just probably. gonna probably happen. <laughs> Honestly, but dude, that, that is, yeah, that's a super safe bet saying anything Swamp Thing related. It's gonna have bad sales, but it'll be critically acclaimed. So that's true. Yes, and and mm-hmm. next year, you know, when we're talking about, I'll be like the underrated Swamp Thing run. <laughs> <laughs> I call it now. You're gonna. <laughs> that's exactly what's gonna happen. But yeah, I'm so pumped for that book. Like yeah. and. It's been weird because, you know, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of stuff on, on the Marvel side. Um, we didn't really talk about it. And there's been a lot of changes with the X-Men sure, and a sure. lot of big shakeup with the X-Men universe, yeah. um, which has been a little bit polarizing. But I think yeah. some of those titles have been really good. And, you know, I think maybe seeing what happens with the X-Men, I, I'm always kind of like, it's nice when the X-Men are doing well because it feels like comics are doing well. I don't know. I, oh, I, that's I, that's that makes me feel so good inside. I, I, I shit on the X Men a lot, <laughs> you know, behind the scenes. But whenever the X Men are doing well and people are interested and want more X Men content, yeah, I yes. just feel like comic books in general. Like people are right. more into comic books. People want more comic book content. Dude, you know, I, I guess we we should have talked about this in the, the, our quick twenty twenty recap there. But everything that happened with the X Men, like the what was it House of X, Power of X stuff mm-hmm. that Hickman did? So I enjoyed well, that. And then I like Hellions, you know. Yeah, yeah I, I all guess those books I thought were pretty good. You know, they, as far as like reboots, you know. Yeah, they, they they were fine reboots. I guess the I I forget the name of the the crossover. I think it was like a, I I should you not. It was like a twenty four part crossover. Mm-hmm. Like I just I lost it. I checked out at that point. I was like, bro, I I can't handle this right now. But like. House of X and Powers of X. That was a good series. It, it did something interesting with Moira McTaggart, which you know has never been done before. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, the the stuff Hickman's yeah. doing with there. I'm, I'll probably go back and try to read it all in a trade, which I usually hate doing because I'd rather just buy it month to month. But honestly, like Hickman's stuff is better when you read it in a trade with this type. Like, especially like if you go even back to his Fantastic Four stuff, like it's just more For sure. Yeah, it's yeah. very easily digested when it's in a trade as opposed to like. You're reading, you're like, wait, what the fuck is this? Then you have to go digging through your back issue bin to try to find like what he's referencing from five issues ago. So, sure. No, I, yeah. I think that's a really, I think those are really good picks. And I think that there's going to be a ton of good stuff coming out in 2020. Um, I think, you know, some of the stuff that I'm looking forward to, one of the things I'm looking forward to, and I, I, I look forward to it with a lot of trepidation, is, um, well, I, I have a feeling that it's going to suck, but, um, is the 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 alien stuff with Marvel? I mean, oh yeah, uh, that's gonna you know. suck, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it because I'm looking forward to see what they do. Uh, because I I did, I did, I was a big Dark Horse fan um, with with when they had Star Wars, and so I was like really had trepidation um, when they you know started doing Star Wars, and I have liked what they've done. 
But with I, I don't know how they can do this with Alien. I really don't know how they can do this. And you're setting yourself up real bad here. Oh, buddy. You oh are I totally real. am. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm I mean, looking forward to it in the way that I want to see what they do. I don't think that it'll be good. Um, yeah. I just don't. In, you know, in but, the same way that Swamp Thing will be will sell low and be universally panned. <laughs> this this one, I should when we do this a year from now, the 2021 recap. Right. It will be aliens had great art, but the story was nonsensical this, and yeah. or sucked. Like that. Yeah, that's, no, what it's, I, that's what it's going to yeah, be. Yeah. Basically, to. it was basically it was like PG 13 alien, which is what I expect, yeah, and that's exactly. not what I want to read. But right. I think the things that I'm most excited about, um, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about, but. Um, you know, those you guys know me as like the the Star Wars goon, and so I'm really stoked for some of the Star Wars stuff that is going to be coming out. Um, I am kind of you know enjoying the High Republic stuff so far. I think this is really interesting stuff, and um, and I like that it's not like a a singular story, but kind of like an inner you know collection of a bunch of different interconnected tales and things like that. So I'm curious to see what they're going to do with that from a comic perspective, but from a media perspective, I don't know how you cannot be stoked about all the star wars content that's going to be coming out in 2021 like whether it's you know um on disney plus you know whether it's the bad batch um i'm stoked about that i think that's going to be fun but then you got you know book of boba fett um you know obviously the other season of mandalorian which might fade into 2022 but um those are going to be awesome that's going to be really fun and so i'm looking forward to that yeah, the Star Wars books have been. I, I I actually really like what Marvel did with the Star Wars books when it relaunched. There was also a lot of trepidation with that and kind of hurt feelings a bit when <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know all the Dark Horse stuff was gone and all the you know canon got wiped. That was real hard on a lot of fans. <laughs> like, we all oh. we all took that a little personal. You yeah, know, it was, so, a, it was a yeah. gut punch. Seriously. Yeah, and then going into the books, I was like, I don't. You can't be, but. Yeah, can't be good, but I, I think they've been quality books, especially if you're a Star Wars fan. Even the small, you know, little events they've had in there, like the Screaming Citadel and all that stuff. And so I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm confident that those books will continue. There's, listen, they need that stuff to succeed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, they, yeah, for sure. you know, the problem is they don't need Alien to succeed because they can just no. cancel that series you or know, Predator they need Star or, Wars. or Predator. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, have they, have they entered? Go ahead, man. Oh, you know, like how how Conan's been in, you know, the Savage Avengers, and he's got the <laughs> Marvel continuity. I'm really, I'm really wondering what in the hell is going to happen when you have Conan facing Predator and Conan facing Alien, you know, in some weird Predator is going to join. He Pre- Predator's going to join the Great Lakes Avengers. Oh, dude, I hope. I so. mean, exactly. <laughs> what what the? It's you know, holy. Holy shit! You know, like what? What, <laughs> yeah. what is this? You know, it sounds like Mortal Kombat 11, dude. Honestly, it's like oh yeah, <laughs> Predator versus Rambo and shit. Well, there's a lot of things that we're looking forward to. There's a ton of good books that are going to be coming out in 2021. Tons of good media to consume. But all of us like love the old shit. All of us love collecting old books, old keys, old things that we like. Um, just to give uh, you know the turbo listeners out there kind of an idea of kind of what you've been looking at, what you've been specking on, or keys and grails that you've acquired in 2020. What were those? Shout them out. Yeah. So my biggest thing is we we won't get into it on here because it's a deeply personal wound, but I lost the vast majority of my Avengers collection. <laughs> in a, we'll call it a house fire. Uh, I, lost, I lost a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. 
so I, I made a, a concerted effort to uh, reacquire a vast majority of my Avengers. So the, the biggest book I got all of 2020 was uh, right at the, the tail end there. Um, it was uh, Avengers number one. Uh, it was a lower grade. It was a uh, 2.5, but it was signed by Stan Lee. So it was pretty cool. Nice. Uh, it, it, yeah, it's really, the, that was the, the last book. Um, I like the last, like really big grail. Like you got your one, your four anymore, like your eight kind of falls <laughs> into that. Um, and then like your 57, your first vision and everything like, um, but it had all those already. So it was really just number one. So, I got that guy, which which made me pretty happy. Um, and then I think the the only other one. Uh, oh, I'm I'm drawing a blank on it right now. Oh gosh, this is so embarrassing. I don't even remember my own comic collection. X Men Four. That's what it was. Uh, yeah. X Men Four. So I, before all WandaVision, everything was hyped up. Uh, I just I wanted to get some earlier. Um, I was looking to get Avengers keys, and even though they debuted in X Men Number Four, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are primarily known for their time in the Avengers. Um, so I wanted to get their first appearance and luckily for me, I got that when I did, cause that book's just doing Oof. stupid, stupid things right now. Yeah, right. Um, so the, those two w- would be the, the biggest things I've got, um, as far as just collecting goals, uh, and then like things I'm searching for right now, uh, finishing off the rest of the Avengers run, I, I probably like 40 something books left. Um, but then also, uh, the John Byrne, Chris Claremont era X-Men. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been trying to go back and get um, that entire run because I, I feel like it's, I, I don't know if you guys would agree with me. This isn't really necessarily a spicy take as much as it is just a general take. Uh, but that's the most iconic the X-Men has ever been and or likely ever will be. Uh, most of their storylines are ripped directly from mm-hmm. what Claremont and Byrne did. Um so I wanted to go through and collect all that because I feel, uh, you know, that those stories as you know, the further we get away from the seventies and eighties and all that, like those stories are like, they'll continue to gain value and eventually they're going to be harder to get. Sure. Um, so yeah. while they're affordable now, get like your, your uncanny, uncanny X-Men, like one twenty nine, you know, first kitty pride and all, getting all like all that stuff, the hellfire club, first appearances, dark Phoenix, all that jazz. Uh, just trying to wrap that up before the end of this year. Those are amazing books. They so really are, man. They're, they're, mm-hmm. And they're ingrained in basically every kid from the 90s. Because, yeah. I mean, the X-Men show stole a large oh, portion yeah. of their story arcs. And so, you know, people think X-Men. I mean, nobody <laughs> to bring back an old friend, nobody thinks of Eunice the Untouchable when they think of the <laughs> X-Men. Everybody Whoosh. thinks of Dark Phoenix, you know, all that. The Shi'ar, all that jazz. So. Eunice, yeah, shout, out, shout out to episode one. Yeah, do it. It's a callback, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a uh, shout out to Dave Cockrum as well for for his work on that run as well because it was amazing. Uh, it was, man. It's it's yeah. just it's so good. It's just so damn good. And I, I, yeah, I'm just really excited for the future of everything X related. I, I, I will likely never get an X Men one though because that that book. Let me tell you about being fucking bonkers. I think yeah. I saw a 1.0 restored for three thousand dollars. <laughs> Yeah, ripping no pieces. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> There's always a Marvel masterpieces version, so you can always oh. grab that. So, oh, do I have that one? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right next what about to my you, Fantastic Matt? Four. What about um, you, Matt? What so, have you been? Uh, what have you been grabbing? What have you been uh, collecting? Uh, too much, if that's a <laughs> thing. Um, 2020 was probably the year that I was able to 
kind of grab some of the keys that, you know, these books that are childhood dream books. And I grabbed quite a few, to be honest. Okay. Like, and I, I upgraded my Marvel Spotlight 5, which was nice. Um, probably to where I'm going to get it. I got an 8. I upgraded a, to an 8.5. I actually had two copies of that that I sold to upgrade into um, a, mm-hmm. a higher higher end copy of it. And that's probably about for as the, nice as I can get. For the casual fans, that's the first appearance of Ghost Rider. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's a very tough book, black cover, and once you get above 9.0 on that book, you know, if you're trying to get like a near mint minus or above, it's the price increases exponential, and so yeah. I, I probably, this 8.5 is going to be good for me. Um, and then one of my all-time favorite personal characters I got on a really cheap auction because, again, nobody cares. Um, <laughs> I got um, I got the first appearance of Detective Chimp. <laughs> and so um, I actually went through, and I actually, you know, a lot of people freak out, but I got that book conserved. So I, I had that book restored. There's only nine of those on the CGC census. And so... Mm-hmm. That was um, a big. That's a really, really hard book to find. Rex the Wonder Dog for. I mean, incredibly hard. Golden Age, tough period, um, and they just don't exist. They're just not mm-hmm. there. So getting that was a giant hunt. It was, and that was. I mean, Zach remembers because I was on like a nail biter of an eBay yeah. auction because I got I got a ton of Rex the Wonder Dog down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's and, the, that's the only eBay auction I've watched actively as a, a observer because I wanted to see what was going to happen with this book. It was insane. Well, he Dramatic. was expecting me to cry at the end. Yeah, it was. <laughs> that's, not, that's was, the only reason why he was watching it. So, yeah, and I was bidding. I mean, and I have a strict whenever I'm going for like <clears throat> comic books, I set my price and then I walk away. Mm-hmm. I don't. He didn't walk away. To, no <laughs> spoilers. No, he didn't no, walk he away, didn't. folks. I was like up, 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 up. I like didn't care. <laughs> and no. hopefully my family's not listening because they had to eat ramen for a month. But yeah, I was no. like, bro, I we're are, like two I hours into the podcast, get... man. They're not listening. I promise. <laughs> I, I, I guarantee. I don't know. She, they might hear. They might hear. But and um, and speaking of hype trains and books, ask um. You know, the escalation of books. Uh, we all know the Miles Morales hype that, mm-hmm. you know, Zach brought to the table. And then that book jumped up a bunch. And I'd made a lot of really great money on that book because uh, <laughs> I was hoarding them. I kept hoarding them. And so I sold them and I bought myself um, a Showcase 22, the first appearance Ooh. of uh, Hal Jordan. Um, but. It's a low grade one because it has to be because those are also a ridiculous amount. But um, the thing that makes that book so special is it's actually signed by Julie Schwartz and Gil Kane. So cool. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And so that was a big, big win um, because more than likely I'll never, ever even see, you know, uh, mm-hmm. a Golden Age Green Lantern key, you know, the first appearance of Alan Scott, uh, let alone own one. But, True. you know, I have yeah. pretty much a ton of the other Green Lantern keys now. And so, you know, that's that's always been like a really hard book. I mean, DC 
Silver Age stuff is so hard to come by in sure. comparison to yeah. Marvel and others. And so, you know, it, you just don't you don't see it at, as much at conventions and people always price them really high because they're very tough to get, you know. And so being able yeah. to springboard selling books into that was a huge ordeal. And that's, oh, know, yeah, uh, it's a good I've way to transform book books. Uh, yeah. It's a good way to transform, you know, books that you have into a, a key that you yeah. really, really want. Like flip that, you know, flip it around. It's hey awesome. dude, you're, yeah. you're welcome for hyping up the first miles Morales too. <laughs> it was underrated. <laughs> Nobody saw it except for me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, man. Um, what about you, Max? What did you get? Um, you know, well, you know, the, you guys know, but I don't know that our listeners know, but I do a lot of picking. Um, I'm kind of like a, one of those American pickers guys and I go out everywhere looking for books and, you know, I'll dig through, you know, rat shit and, you know, whatever terrible dangerous. asbestos, you know, bullshit. Yeah. I go to like dangerous trailer parks in the middle of nowhere and deal with racist people. So, um, it's an adventure, but, uh, there was a couple good scores. <laughs> there was a couple good scores that I got this year. Um, you know, there was a guy who had some books and uh, he was moving and just needed to get rid of a whole, you know, crap load of these books. And um, they happened to be in a basement next to like kind of like a water heater or something like that. So I would say like half of the these boxes of books were just destroyed and they were all Silver Age. And, um, you know, from just water collection and things like that. But in there, um, one of the books that I was able to find was An Amazing Spider-Man number one. And, um, yeah, and that's, that's like a book that, you know, it's just, uh, an, an epic grail and it's probably like a one or a one point something, but, um, amazing freaking grail. And it's actually was one of the major grails for me personally, cause I've been working on just getting at least the first 300 issues of that book. And so the next kind of major grail for, for me, um, in relation to Spider-Man is I don't have a first appearance of the green goblin. So I'm just going to have to bite the bullet probably and find a way to get that. Ooh, and, uh, yeah. That's yeah, which is a, to drop money on. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a it's tough a, book. It's gonna be spendy one. Um, the other, I think, um, you know, just kind of staying on the Spider-Man thread. There's been a ton of really good books um, in 2020 that I picked up, but the Spider-Man thread, a book that I didn't have, also trying to complete like my Spidey run <clears throat> that I was really, really stoked to get was uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 50, and mm, uh, yeah. that's that first appearance of the Kingpin, and. Um, I was able to actually cover. get, uh, yeah, and it has that such a classic John Romita cover. Um, it's just freaking iconic, and I never had that. And I was able to find two at once, which is just so weird. And um, and so I was just absolutely over the moon. I was actually happier almost about that book than I was about number one, just because I felt like number one was just never going to happen. And I was resigned to the fact that this was never going to happen. I was never going to get that book. But 50 was like uh, a possibility, but I never could find one for a price that I was willing to pay. And so I was stoked to get that. It was a really good day. Yeah. Yeah. You got so yeah. much good Spider-Man stuff. Like, yeah, I remember you posting those pics and there's, those are, those are great. That, gotta find that, that, that green goblin. That, you, well, yeah, those, <laughs> you know, those like first 40, 50 issues of Spider-Man are, you know, they're, they're out there, yeah. but never in decent grade. You know, yeah. they're always like, manhandled because that's you know pre pre collector time that's when people were yeah. like really manhandling those books and those are and you know it's spider-man so people yeah, know sure. spider-man you can you can yeah. get away with finding other random books in the wild you know but people know the value of spider-man yeah. so pulling all those sure. is a big big win you know yeah, and sure. the, i 
I shit you not. Every time I go into a comic store, I'm thankful that I'm not a big Spider-Man fan. Because (laughs) looking and seeing the prices on some of that shit, it just... It hurts my head, man. Like that—that that yeah. shit is just so expensive. Like, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'm glad you found that stuff. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm happy. But as soon as I get any Spider-Man keys, it's out the door. Get a X-Men or <laughs> yeah. Avengers. Yeah. Buy buy a Ford. Buy <laughs> well, a Ford Taurus. Exactly, yeah. dude. I'm swimming in Tauruses right now. Well, X-Men's the next one, man. That's, I know. Uh, I, I dare. I dare say X-Men's undervalued still. It is. You know, it it is has undervalued. been for years. Yeah. And yeah. those those books, yeah. you know, the age is starting to catch up. The really nice ones are landing in personal collections, you know, mm-hmm. especially the early, the very, very early issues, you know. Yeah. The, the other ones will always circulate, but, you know, they're going to be expensive and oh, yeah. ridiculous, you know. And the Silver Age is uh, a period of books that if, if for fans out there, for people that, you know, are, you know, actively collecting. The silver is really getting out of hand, and those prices for, are for for everything, down. for everything too, not just for yeah. you know for all books. It's it's a it's wild, and it's yeah. uh it's going to be crazy, and it's going to be something that we're going to continue to talk about as we kind of move forward. Um, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to kind of call episode ten a wrap. It's been really awesome to kind of you know revisit all of these cool things that we like to talk about here with you guys after our you know, negative zone hiatus and uh, your busyness with the mutant liberation front. So I want to thank you guys for, um, you know, for spending the time out here on the cast. Um, We did have a question of the week, you know, and this is a, this is a little bit about, um, Oh, it looks like uh, Matt's headset has died. So he might not be able to answer the question of the week. That's that, fine. He didn't need but, to answer yeah, this. He, he didn't need to answer this. <laughs> this, uh, this is barely a question worth asking. <laughs> it really is. Like, you know, it, and, it, and it kind of dovetails into, like, you know, um, current events. But the question of the week is, how does Cara Dune meet her ultimate fate in The Mandalorian? What do you think, Zach? Well, that, that's tough. I, I think she's going to uh, meet her ultimate fate defending uh, the Moss Eisley Cantina from Herd of Sand People. Okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> well, my answer is going to be short and sweet, especially for all of the space movie fans out there. Anyone who has seen Ice Pirates knows about space herpes, so I'm just going to say she has a really bad case of space herpes and succumbs to the to the pressure of the space herpes and dies. Oh my gosh! Yeah, can't so wait to, to see I, what happens. Yeah, there. I just wanted to give a shout out to Ice Pirates because it's criminally underrated and it's so much fun. So you know, there. Yeah, is. yeah. I, I guarantee you, this is probably the first time on any podcast ever where Ice Pirates has been mentioned. So, <laughs> big props right. to you for doing that. <laughs> well, where can we find you, Zach? So I'm on Instagram at uh, Paper Abyss Comics, all one word. It's my own personal comics blog. I post some stuff from for sale on there from time to time. Um, so yeah, go ahead and check me out on there. And then, um, since Matt went and, uh, died away from the internet, uh, I'll go ahead and just say with him, uh, go ahead and check him out on exalted funeral. You can find him on Facebook, Instagram, basically anywhere where there is, uh, social media, feel free to check him out. And then also finally, (laughs) because the technical problems just won't stop, Max just dropped off. So Turbo Comics, check them out. Facebook, Instagram, you can find them on there. Uh, Appreciate you guys coming and checking us out. And we'll do it again sometime. Have a good one.